It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gator Nation, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we'll be joined by Nick Delatore from Gator Country to recap this Florida LSU game. We'll also talk some Gators and Gamecocks. UF defensive coordinator Todd Grantham also met with the media on Monday, so we'll bring you some comments from him as well as Gators defensive tackle Adam Schuler, who discussed what went wrong with the Gators defensively against LSU. But let's kick off this show with my conversation with Nick this week. All right, we are joined now by Nick Del Torre from Gator Country to discuss this Florida LSU game. Nick had a luxurious trip huh. to Baton Rouge. Couldn't have gone better. Nick, you, you, you steered me wrong. You, 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 put me, you put me on the tip for Allegiant, and uh, we had one... Beautiful flight with them. Went 2016. 2016. Great trip. It was $100 round trip to New Orleans. Uh, it was your first trip to New Orleans. We partied it up. Had a great time. Um, and then my last two trips to them. I had like a four-hour delay, and then they just straight up canceled the flight this time. So had to make the uh, 16-hour round trip drive to Baton Rouge. Ouch. But you got to spend the whole day there. First of all, what was the pregame atmosphere like with college game day and everybody tailgating? Yeah, so one of my interns, um, Richard Johnson, was there, and um, he was just there as a fan, and he was tailgating with the um, – Shout out to Richard. Shout out to Richard. He was, he was tailgating with the – and then the Valley Shook guys, the SB Nation guys oh, okay. for LSU. So they've got a whole setup. They, make, they actually, like, turn a profit on their tailgate. They cook and smoke. I had smoked macaroni and cheese. I didn't even know that was a thing. They put macaroni and cheese into a smoker. Um, awesome. They're yeah, incredible. They're they're the Florida's tailgating scene doesn't compare to LSU's. Florida's is if you've ever been here, it's kind of disjointed, and you've got like pockets of good tailgating. I mean, all the fraternity, all the sororities are at fraternity houses. Sure. Um, and then you've got alumni association here, one group here. LSU is just so many people, and it's everywhere. They and everyone's grilling. Um, they're really friendly to me, and I ate there. Then we walked over to another tailgate, and then they fed me. Um, and then they feed you really good up in the press box. So I came back eight pounds heavier than, than when I left. But the tailgating scene, the game day scene was really, really cool. I got out there around noon, so I was there for a while before I went in. Nice. So it wasn't like 2016 where they, that game just happened like a matter of days. And it wasn't yeah, that was, that was a different vibe because like we figured out – I mean, we literally figured that – because there was so much going involved with both teams had to cancel a game and then figure out where they were going to play and stay. And, and stay and there was so many so much logistics and then they were just giving away tickets cuz like hey we don't want an empty stadium so like yeah. games in 5 days here are tickets just come please um so and this still didn't get packed this and the and the other thing is you probably get with LSU and Florida fans because of the way you play every other year you might get some complacency and oh yeah it's just Florida's coming in it's a big game but you know we, we've done that yeah, with not with Florida not being there for 2 years with the teams being as good as they were, and ranked they as high as they the were, last year. losing in the swamp last year. LSU's kind of you know been getting their butts kicked by Alabama, so they don't really have a true rival. They're making Florida their yeah. rival, and Ed O was firing up the entire state about hating Florida, so they were ready for that game, and um, it was a really really cool environment around the stadium before, 
And then it was a really cool environment inside the stadium as well. Yeah, now we were one of the few, maybe the only two UF folks on the beat that picked the Gators yeah. to win. My thinking going into the game was I, I thought Grantham and Florida's defense would win the matchup. Defense travels. Burrow. Yeah, against Burrow and Brady. But I think they, the defense booked an Allegiant flight and, and didn't make it out to Baton Rouge. Had to drive like you. Yeah, that, you know, they got a flat tire somewhere because they didn't show up. Um, but what, yeah, what, what, you, what was your thinking as to how Florida could win? That that was my thinking. My thinking was, you know, I saw fourteen point spread, no way. Um, I, I saw, you know, they're averaging fifty four point six coming into the game. I thought they'll be lucky to get thirty, yeah. and and Florida can get. I mean, Florida had won twenty two straight games when scoring twenty four points or more. So I felt if you score twenty four, if you can hang with them and score a little bit, the defense will show up and. I thought this is the best secondary Joe Burrow is going to face. Yep. And if Florida can get a pass rush, sure, he's been good under pressure. But you're throwing into tighter windows now because you've got Marco and CJ and Trey Dean yep. and, and Sean Davis and Brad Stewart. Who played awesome. Didn't matter. He found he, he threw the ball through those tight windows. So I think what I really learned is, I mean, there was a real question, is LSU's offense legit? Because they hadn't played anybody. Okay. They and, and Four teams when – Nationally. Florida had a Florida had a has a really good defense. They had a bad game. I don't think Florida's defense is trash because they gave up 511 yards and and 42 points. Um, I just think that we learned more about LSU. Their offense is legit. Joe yeah. Burrow created time, and, and he was just it's you know you see like elite quarterbacks in the NFL that maybe aren't mobile but can just sidestep, and it creates another just one more second in the pocket to yeah. then get a pass off, and he did that well. Um, there were run fits and, 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 you know, three three runs over 30 yards and just missing some tackles, not not filling your gap. But for the most part, I think we we learned a lot about LSU's offense is as good as advertised. But I think we learned something about Florida's, and that's they can hang. They can, you know, the yeah. the talk all week was can Florida get into a shootout with LSU? And I didn't, I didn't think, one, I didn't think a shootout was going to happen. Yeah, and everyone two, was expecting a defense. And then, battle. two, I thought, no way. But they did. And, I mean, we're talking – if Tyree Cleveland gets a, a, at least a holding call on third and one from the 16, Florida down seven, we're talking about a different game. We're not talking about 42-28. We could be talking about the games, you know, tied. Yeah. It's 35 It's thirty-five up, and, and, and we've got six minutes to play. Instead, you know, it's not. it doesn't get called, and Trash tries to force a pass, and he gets picked, and LC goes right down the field and scores. Yeah, and then that's when the game turned. We just heard from Todd Grantham. Uh, he spoke about his game plan for the Tigers. You have to think that not having Grenard and Zuniga affected the way that he called the game. And maybe even he knew going into the week that those guys probably weren't going to mm-hmm. play because Florida came out in zone coverage, and it looked like Burrow and those receivers just picked that apart. They went to press man in the second half, but really didn't change anything. Yeah, I mean, they just – it was so – I mean, Florida was matching them blow for blow in terms of scoring, but LSU scoring drives were like two for 66, yeah. four for 80, three for 75, and Florida's was 75 yards, six and a half minutes, 16 plays, 12 plays, 75, 75 yards, yards, eight minutes. And it was just – it was – Georgia was just snapping jabs off and hitting Florida in the face, and Florida was kind of having to like – cock back and throw these long loop and left hooks they were landing it just took a little bit longer um but i i think i, I don't know if ty grantham got out coached i think um joe brady florida fans are probably going to try to find him a job somewhere in the nfl to get him away from lsu because i mean he hit the, the plan that lsu came out with and the way they executed it was uh, you know was was almost perfect yeah and then the great white hope Kyle Trask yeah. ends up throwing for more passing yards than Joe Burrow. Who saw that coming? Just the fourth Florida quarterback to throw for 300 yards. That's a game. very surprising list of quarterbacks, too. Tyler Murphy's on that I list. I know. Uh, Del Rio. And the difference with 
Trask, obviously, as he did it in Death Valley mm-hmm. in his first road start. Um, so that's certainly his performance a positive mm-hmm. to take away from Saturday. Yeah, I, somebody, I mean, not, it's not somebody. It's definitely not the majority, but I keep getting hit up on social media. Oh, my gosh. About, like, oh, Emory, Emory Jones gives us the best chance to win. I'm like, Kyle Trask just threw for 310 yards and three touchdowns against LSU in Death Valley. Like, what do you mean? Emory Jones gives you the best chance. Like, what are you talking about? Just because you lost? Like, he didn't give up 511 yards. Kyle Trask didn't give up 42 points. He had sure. nothing to do with any of that. He had one, maybe one bad play. Um, and his first read was held. If his and, first and, read isn't held, he doesn't throw that ball. Yeah, and I think I think a, a more veteran quarterback throws that ball at Tyree's feet. And draws the flag. So there's, so there's no chance of it getting intercepted. Draws the flag, third and one. Now, hey, that's a passer or a holding. That gives you five yards. So now we're talking about first and ten from the eleven. Instead of you know LSU ball at the twenty, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't understand that. Kyle Trask to me, and, and this was the best pocket awareness I think, and that's really the one thing that we keep dinging them on. And, and maybe we're nitpicking, but the fumbles, other than the turnover, there was no nothing even close to a fumble. Yeah, he held um, to the ball. He lowered his shoulder and, and and ran into some people. So the questions about his knee, you know, leave that off the table. Take that he off the table. He's just putting his head so low though. Like he low, low man wins, Zach. I mean, he low goes, man wins. He goes down for it. Texas forever. Um, listen, Kyle Trask, I don't understand how you can look at his performance and say somebody else should be playing. That's just me. I, I think he had a great game. He was not the reason Florida lost the game at all. What do you think about how Dan Mullen decided to use Emory Jones? A lot of people critical of him going in on the play before the pick. I mean, it was second and two. I guess he's mm-hmm. thinking that Jones is going to get the run, but he seems like th- he's going to continue to force that issue of using them both. Yeah, and th- I think it was the most we saw Emory um, – if Kyle Pitts holds on, Emory's got you know that little rocker step. He had have a touchdown pass uh, yeah, in the that Tebow game. Step. Yeah, he he would have had a touchdown pass in that game. It's not we've seen Emory Jones throw. Like he's got a good arm. He's, he's he can zip it in there. Um, and I just don't think that he's shown it enough to keep teams honest. And maybe yeah. maybe you don't want to keep teams honest because you want to surprise them with him. You want to surprise Georgia, you know, with a with a deep ball. Uh, maybe not going to after you know they saw him last year in that game, but. He's going to keep forcing the issue. He's going to keep trying. I think they're still in a learning phase of how best to put him in, when to insert him and to inject him in the game. You have to think that this is still new in terms of you lost Felipe Franks a month ago, and you weren't expecting to lose him a month ago. So you're you're still learning. Like last year they had to learn how to use Felipe during the year, and this year you're trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we get the best out of Emory Jones and Kyle Trask at the same time? And yeah. I think that's a learning process in each game. They'll learn a little bit more, and they'll get better the next week. We're speaking with Nick Del Torre from Gator Country. Obviously, that's not the only big result on Saturday. We saw South Carolina Gamecocks somehow get the upset over the Georgia Bulldogs. What did you think about that result and Coach Boom? I was watching that at the tailgate. They, I mean, they tailgate right down Baton Rouge. I was watching it on a 55-inch TV. Uh, under eat, a t- eating smoked mac and eating cheese. Eating smoked mac and cheese and brisket, and it was a good old time. Um I, uh, what the shocked. hell happened, man? I, I got no explanation. Well, listen, man. Will Muschamp beat Georgia uh, with Treon Harris. So yeah. maybe he just knows how to beat Georgia. I don't get it. Um, this was in Athens, though. Yeah, this is in Athens. Against his teammate. Yeah, I so. And it didn't mean anything to him. It was all about his kids. I mean, that yeah, of course. Um, he's, I, he's cracking me up with his glasses because he wears them. <laughs> he wears them, like, not even on his nose. He wears them, like, on, on the top of his lip. Um, I don't know how he sees out of them, but it's funny to see him trying to read his play sheet, you know, looking down at it. It looks like a, you know, a, a, an Arby's sheet, just gigantic menu he's looking at. But um, no idea how they won it, especially with, 
with Halinski going down and then yeah. having to go to a backup freshman quarterback who wide receiver basically who, yeah who really I was gonna say who really can't throw the ball he probably felt felt like he had Trent Harris back at quarterback for a second maybe that's why he won maybe that, that's <laughs> he why he won his element. that's why he won he was in his element he was, the game plan once once that once the freshman his name's escaped me right now Joiner. Once Joyner came in, it, it reminded me of when Florida was at South Carolina with Skyler Morningwick at quarterback. I was like, listen, the ball's not going to be in the air. This kid, Joyner's obviously much more athletic and more of a, a running threat than Skyler Morningwick was, yeah. but there was no threat to, to throw the football. So, to me, here's something that, that I thought about when Muschamp on Sunday does his Sunday media said Helinski will be able to play. My first thought is, shoot. You probably really like to have Jabari Zuniga and Jonathan Grenard playing no with a, a quarterback who's not super mobile, not immobile, but he's not, you know, uh, what Joiner is, and yeah. and on a bad knee. So how how you know how much would that affect him? You'd love to have those two guys, and I don't, I don't, well, I almost call him a mushroom. Dan Mullen's not going to rule him out until you know maybe until the ball's in the air and you know it's yeah. been kicked off but i wouldn't expect them to play this week yeah especially with georgia coming up final thing for you nick what do you make of the sec east picture now that we've seen georgia take a loss florida take a loss and and where all these teams kind of stack up now well i thought and and i told gator fans this before the before the auburn game i said listen you can win one out of two of these and you're fine to feel better, you probably want to win at home and you want to beat Auburn. Homecoming. And it's homecoming. You're playing Auburn. You haven't played them since, what, 2007? Yeah, recruiting weekend. Um, huge recruiting, biggest recruiting weekend of the year. You want to win that game. Losing to LSU didn't matter to Florida. Uh, you know, almost playing with house money, that's a freebie because you're always going to have, after the, after the LSU game, you're always going to have to beat um, South Carolina, Missouri, and. Georgia. Don't forget Vanderbilt, too. Yeah. <laughs> and Vanderbilt. <laughs> Can we motion to have that game played in Nashville every year? I, I support that 100%. You're, you're, my, you're my first sign on the petition. Um, you're always going to have to win those four games because yeah. it didn't matter if you went into um, went Valley, into yeah. into Death Valley and won the game. You go out and you lose to South Carolina or you go out and you lose to Georgia and Missouri, and then you're in the same place you were last year. And you're second place in the SEC, uh, SEC East, and you're watching you know, on that first Saturday in December. You're watching Georgia play. So – and Georgia losing to South Carolina, sure that helps. You know, I don't think anyone thinks Will Muschamp's team is going to run the table and and, no. and represent the East in Atlanta. So it's it's you're talking about a game in Jacksonville that's a play-in game for the SEC championship, and that's probably how it should be in yep. the SEC, and that's what it will be uh, as long as Florida doesn't stub their toe in Columbia this weekend. That's right. Well, Nick will be there. He'll probably get a sideline pass from Will Muschamp since he's yeah, Will's favorite reporter. Best of friends. <laughs> So, uh, well, Nick, we appreciate the time. Hopefully that trip goes a lot smoother for you than Baton Rouge. I'm driving again, but I'm stopping in Savannah. I got uh, Charleston after that. We're making a little oh, trip out of it because we got a bye week coming up. So, yeah. We made that road trip last time. To Columbia. Uh, we had some fun. Yeah, we had a really – yeah, that was a – Myrtle Beach time. Myrtle Beach. The bars close late in Myrtle. They do. The bars close very late. I, I think our boy Jordan would have wished they closed earlier. Jordan closed early. <laughs> Jordan closed early. <laughs> All right, Nick Del Torre from Gator Country joining us today. Nick, let everyone know where they can follow you. The uh, website's www.gatorcountry.com. You can follow me there, and it's at Nick Del Torre GC on Twitter. That's D-E-L-A-T-O-R-R-E. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you, the Mealy Pop Shop, 
located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend in a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL weekly pick'em is free and fun with weekly prizes and a season-long prize. So check out the Mealy Pop Shop at 3700 Northwest 91st Street, Gainesville, Florida, or call at 352-204-5573. Welcome back into the show. Appreciate Nick for his time and perspective in the last segment. And now we're going to bring you some comments from Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham and defensive tackle Adam Schuler. They both met with the media on Monday and fielded questions about what went wrong against the LSU Tigers. Here's what Todd Grantham had to say about that performance and how he will adjust if Jonathan Greenard and Jabari Zuniga can't go once again this Saturday. I mean, you know, when we go into games, we always say that we have to uh, be hard to run against and we got to find ways to affect the quarterback. And we didn't do that, so we didn't win the game. If you go back and look, when we did that this year, we won games, so we didn't do that. So. Um, we didn't win the game. How much was that not having John and Jabari? Yeah, I mean, you always like to be, you know, full tilt, but you never can use injuries as an excuse. It's a part of the game. Um, we have good players behind them. We've always taken the approach ever since I've been here, next man up. Um, we've had injuries every year, and um, it's just a part of it. So, you know, you just next man up, and you got to find ways to make plays and win games. You guys did a, a mix of zone coverage and press. Which one did you guys feel like was more effective against the Tigers? Um, I think you you can't be one-dimensional because they're going to have answers for that. So you got to be able to mix it up and um, and be able to play tight coverage. But then relative to formations or splits, things like that, or down in distance that you can play a little more off and, um, you know, play guys that they distribute. So it's really just a matter of kind of mixing that up a little bit. South Carolina played two quarterbacks last week. How much time mm -hmm. do you have to spend preparing kind of for each one? Yeah, you spend it on each one. Um, you know, they're diff obviously different in their styles of play, but at the end of the day, they really run the same offense. Um, so we've just got to work to stop their offense and eliminate, you know, the things that they do well. Um, and then understand that they'll probably tweak it relative to who the quarterback is but really work on doing a good job of understanding their offense and what we need to do to stop it and, uh, and really just playing well against their offense. And then as the quarterback question kind of gets answered, we understand that it might change a little bit relative to who's back there. With uh, Grenard and Zuniga out, I, mean, mm -hmm. this, I know you said it's not an excuse, but that, does that affect your ability as a play caller with those guys not playing? I mean, like I said, you've got to look at it as, you know, no matter what happens, you know, here we got to stop them. In other words, if, if there's a turnover, I don't care where it is, we got to stop them. Um, if somebody goes down, next man up, you got to stop them. So that's the approach that we take, I take, and that's the approach we'll take moving forward. Who are you really counting on to step up with uh, Zuniga and Grenard out? And how does some of those guys play on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, um, when you look at it, I think that, um, you know, Kyrie Campbell, was a guy that that came in and um, or played and you know I saw some physical play out of him. Of course, he he starts. He played a few more plays. Um, you know, Schuler had a few plays. Um, you know, Luke Ankrum's a guy that that can play. Um, you know, Zach Carter. So we'll continue to play those guys as well as I thought. Moon played really well in the game. You know, he probably played a few more plays than he would have. You know, John. Um, you know, had been available. Um, but you know, as a collective group, we'll just continue to roll guys because you're facing a team that's tempo 
and you know you got to make sure you have depth because you're going to have to play quite a few players you know in the game. Florida's Adam Schuler also met with reporters Monday to discuss the defensive performance against LSU and he said that when he and his teammates went back and watched the film on Sunday it was disgusting he was not happy with their effort but he feels like moving forward they can address some of the issues that they had against the Tigers and he also expressed confidence in some of his fellow defensive linemen who will have to step up against the Gamecocks if Grenard and Zuniga can't play. The defensive unit as a whole, have you guys, you feel like you've responded to Saturday's performance? Just what's the mindset that y'all are taking into this week? Uh, the mindset is be ready, stay ready. I mean, we got depth, um, injuries, but anybody is never an excuse. Yeah. We got depth, guys just got to step up and, and, and be disciplined with their play when the name is called. Obviously, a lot's been made about Grenard and Zuniga not playing, but for the guys that did play on Saturday, what did y'all not do to get the pressure that you needed? Um, guys just, I mean, we we, we we all pretty much just, just gave up and tang. Uh, didn't, didn't really push the pocket as well as we normally do, and that's pretty much it, just open up gaps. Uh, coach said that those guys are going to be game time decisions this week. If both of them can't go, who else needs to step up, and, and how confident are you in those guys? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much confident in all our young guys. I mean, we got the ends, Zach Carter, Luke Ingram, uh, at the buck, we got Moon, Vogel, and uh, a couple of other guys. I mean, I'm, I'm confident in all of them. I mean, they, they know what we expect, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they can, they can do what we want them to do. What do you think about Zach Carter and just how he's progressed this season and how the opportunity he has to get some more playing time? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident in Zach Carter. You know, he's he's accepted his role. He knows what we want from him, the team, want from the coaches, want from him. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in his abilities. What, yeah, what are some of his abilities and strengths as a defensive lineman? What does he I mean, bring to the table? I mean, he, he brings everything. He, he can play he play in, he can play tackle, he can play the nose. I mean, he can do it all. And then you mentioned Chris Bogle. He's getting a lot of reps at that buck spot. True freshman. How do you feel like he's doing with the opportunity? Oh, he's doing he's doing good. I mean, everybody, we all got to improve. I mean, we saw we saw we saw Saturday that there's room for improvement. Uh, I mean, he's uh, he, uh, he's a strong kid, you know. Um, and he, he he thinks he thinks about the game, you know. He he loves the game, so you can just see his passion out there. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we were joined by Nick Delatore from Gator Country to recap the Florida LSU game and talk some Gators and Gamecocks. And we also brought you some comments from Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham and defensive tackle Adam Schuler about what went wrong defensively against LSU. On tomorrow's show, we'll start looking ahead to the Gamecocks and what the Gators need to do to beat Will Muschamp's squad. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.